There are actually a lot of times in high school where I would stop lifting in the gym because I felt like I was getting bigger. So I would, that's where the inconsistency came in high school. I would start lifting and then I would be like, ooh, I look a little bit bigger, so I'm gonna stop. And then I would just be on this like wavy roller coaster of starting stopping again and not getting any better. Do it, it's gonna be great. Excited? Sounds good, yeah, I'm excited. Ready. All right. Huh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another podcast. This time around, we have a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, I said it. We, we officially are going, you know, big right here. And <laughs> my guest is Maria. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on here. Maria, I, I, become, I, I became a great fan of your content. Thank you. Really. <laughs> and for all of you guys listening, this is going to be a podcast with a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom, and it's completely free, which is unbelievable. If you were to see her content, guys, the amount of um, lessons and uh, value she gives is extraordinary, and I'm excited. We're excited, actually, right? Yes, for sure. I'm super excited to talk more about um, what I do and what you guys do and how I can give more information and um, value to your listeners. Mm -hmm. Well, let's say, let's start with the first thing is, um, why should everyone lift? <laughs> so everyone should lift because it's so important for health and longevity. I started uh, my business. Now the business is called The Cheer Doctor, but originally mm -hmm. it was called Everyone Should Lift. And I started it over a year ago when I was in my last, or I was in one of my clinical rotations mm -hmm. through physical therapy school. And I was in a nursing home. And generally older adults are afraid to lift because they think they're going to get injured. But I saw so many older adults who had falls and had injuries because they weren't lifting. So I just, there's such a fear of lifting in that population, but really there needs to be a fear of not lifting almost because Why? it's so much more dangerous. It's so much more dangerous. Your bones don't get stronger if you're not putting load through them throughout the day. So a simple like exercise such as getting out of your chair becomes a whole lot harder when you're not used to squatting. Mm -hmm. So I just realized how important it is to get more people lifting, especially when I was in the nursing home for bone density, for health, for longevity, for a lot of different reasons. And then I was also super passionate about helping individuals learn how to lift um, that maybe aren't used to being in the weight room. So older individuals, um, people with adaptive abilities. So like people who have had spinal cord injuries or wheelchairs or that amputations. A lot of times they're afraid to go into the weight room because the way that they lift weights looks different than other people mm -hmm. and they're afraid of getting made fun of. And then the other thing is cheerleaders. Cheerleaders often don't lift and often aren't in the weight room because if you're a flyer, you're afraid of getting bigger and bulkier or it's just not readily available. It's just not common. So I was super passionate about getting all of these people that don't usually see the weight room more used to being in the weight room, understanding why weightlifting is important and getting them more comfortable with being able to go to the gym and learn how to work out. Wow. Now <laughs> this is this itself is going to be I already know it's going to be a great great podcast because there's so <laughs> much that we can dive into and really talk about because there's right there is there's like what 10 20 topics just it's itself 
Um, but what we do here on the podcast is before we get to this part is I want to get to know the athlete or the person. And I mean, now doctor, you know, we want to get to know a little bit of the doctor <laughs> around here. And um, but first, let's go back a little bit in cheerleading your own career and how, how really that shaped you as a person. Um, you know, I, for the guys, usually I ask, you know, how did they get into cheerleading? Uh, but, you know, for the girls say. What really, you know, what did you love about the sport so much? So I originally started with gymnastics when I was probably about like three or four years old. And then mm -hmm. I quickly made the switch to cheerleading just because in gymnastics, I my favorite was always floor. Mm -hmm. And of course, cheerleading is mostly tumbling on the floor. So I found the love for cheerleading pretty quickly because I realized I could just do my favorite part of gymnastics, which was tumbling on the floor. And then I mm -hmm. also got to add in the kind of team element and I loved being thrown in the air so I was always just a daredevil I love to try new skills I love being thrown in the air I loved the energy and that really drew me in to doing cheer specifically so I did um all-star cheer until about sixth grade mm -hmm. and then I actually quit and just did school cheer all throughout middle school and high school and then it wasn't until I got to college where I really started taking cheerleading seriously again and trying out for Ohio State and then the rest is did a lot of Goes those skills there. come from the high school part or was it more like just the foundation of, of lifting? Because there's also, let's let's incorporate a little bit more of this as well because, you know, mm -hmm. it's something that you're passionate about. Was lifting part of that high school moment? So, no, because we did not have lifting through high school. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of my skills for college came from you know, I got the tumbling when I was younger. Of course, it's easier to learn tumbling when you're younger, and then it kind yeah. of just stuck. And Once then you got I mental just took, blocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, I just did partner stunting on the side. I was lucky I lived in Columbus, so I lived near a lot of the guys that are on the high state cheer team. So mm -hmm. I was able to do stunting privates with them. And so on my off time, I just tumbled and did stunting. And that was at the time that was good enough for me to make the high state cheer team. Nowadays, I feel like it's a lot harder. Um, and I Why? don't think that's, it's getting just more competitive. Okay. I think cheerleading is just getting more competitive. Um, I know I didn't cheer that long ago. I graduated in 2020. So it's not like, <laughs> it's, I feel like it sounds like I'm talking about like it was so long ago. Oh, in 05, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I used to do this. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just feel like the sport is exponentially changing. I mean, I partner stunted like once a month, once a week when I got closer to tryouts. And nowadays, cheerleaders are stunting twice, three times a week, every week, like starting as a freshman. Like it's just getting more serious and exponentially mm -hmm. growing as a sport. So back then, back when I was trying out with Ohio State cheer team, it was enough for me to just do um, school cheer and then the privates and tumbling on my own. Now I think that cheerleaders need to start incorporating lifting earlier than I did. Um, I also um, had a lot of injuries in high school that I felt mm -hmm. like could have been prevented if I had learned how to strength train and um, lift in a weight room. Hmm. And Did you work out a lot in high school? Was this something that you kind of maybe had outside of school though? Because maybe, you know, cheerleading itself, yeah. a lot of us really don't have that access. But um, was that something that you liked personally or? Yes. Kinda... Yeah. So I, I did, I ran cross country and track. Mm -hmm. So I was always doing cardio. Like I felt like I was 
always doing cardio, always doing like endurance training. And mm-hmm. I did go to the gym a little bit. So I did go to the gym on my own and I just kind of came up with my own programming. I didn't follow anything structured or wasn't very consistent, but I did go to the gym and lifted a little bit when I was in high school. But I feel like a lot of my, un I feel like I had a lot of untapped potential in high school because I didn't know how to I didn't know what types of lifts to do. I didn't really know. I didn't follow any programs. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of blindly working out. And then it wasn't until I got to college and we had structured and consistent strength and conditioning with the strength and conditioning coach through the university. And I noticed that I exponentially got so much better as soon as I got to college. My like nagging injuries went away. I got, I mean, I wasn't even able to, I wasn't even able to do a low level hand in hand, like the lowest level of the hand in hand with mm-hmm. the best guy on the team when I tried out. And then less than two years later, I was practicing hand skis with him. So I wow. really improved like very quickly once I got to college. And I attribute a lot of that to be, uh, I attribute a lot of it to being more structured and consistent with my weight training specifically mm-hmm. and having the strength conditioning coaches and resources. Were you motivated by that turning point in college that was like, wow, this is, this is really making a difference. And I think I really want to do this for as a career or, or as a, a passion of mine. Or did you, or you've always, um, before college, was that you've always mm-hmm. liked, you know, the, the therapy, the, uh, the working out and like just helping people? Yeah. So I've always been interested in working out. Like that's, that's always been kind of a passion of mine. Uh-huh. But it, I actually went into college. I was a business finance major. So I had no idea that I wanted to do physical therapy, that I wanted to be a trainer or work with athletes. I just thought I wanted to have a finance job. So I actually graduated with a finance major, but I just took all the prerequisites to go to physical therapy school. Um, But I did have that kind of aha moment in college when I started getting better faster and my injuries started to go away after Mm -hmm. strength training, where I was like, I want to teach other people like I want to teach younger athletes that they need to start doing this earlier. And I want to teach other people like how beneficial strength training can be, not only for cheerleading, but just for injury prevention, for you know longevity, health mm-hmm. reasons like we've already talked about. So I did have that aha moment after college, like once Was I started it, getting into it a little bit more in college. Like what year would you say? Because, you know, right now as we, as we talk, there's going to be someone listening be like in the exact same situations like – Mm, lifting I probably shouldn't tr- you know they're probably at the best university and they have all the resources but they might not think it's necessary right so to those people that I, I feel like there are a lot of people that are hesitant I talk about flyers a lot because I think flyers are the most hesitant group to start lifting because they think that it's going to make them bigger or bulkier they're afraid that they're going to spend time doing something that's not going to make them better in their sport But there's really no such thing as being too strong or lifting too heavy. Even as a flyer, it's not going to make you bigger and bulkier. Mm -hmm. That really has more to do with your nutrition and other factors. And it's so important to be strong, to have strong bows, just to jump higher, um, be quicker and faster, to reduce injuries Mm -hmm. and fractures, to stay in your sport longer. And for a lot of people, it's going to be the changing factor for them. If you're in a plateau and they haven't gotten better in a while and they've never tried strength training, they add that in, it's going to be a game changer. Um, mm-hmm. 
And it's it's not instant. So a lot of people try it for a couple of weeks and then they're like, oh, this this strength training thing isn't working for me. I'm not getting any better. <laughs> yeah. But it takes months. It takes a long time, but you just yeah. got to stay consistent with it. <laughs> uh, we've all had our share moments, you know, uh, ups and downs. You think you, yeah. you spend weeks, weeks and... Uh, you know, you you inc you increment maybe small little weight here and there, but you know it happens, right. guys. Um, I was gonna say, now this point of time, let's go a little bit back in time here. You as a flyer at the, you know, at the university, did you feel when you got into the lifting part, did you have the like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, maybe I'm, what if I do get like big and like get, get muscles? Like, did you have that? Because obviously, as we grow and as we become, you know, more um, aware of, of what can impact in our lives, um, you know, because back then you were uh, you were young, you probably like there was a lot of stuff you just didn't know. Right? Yes, yeah, I totally did. Um, there are actually a lot of times in high school where I would stop lifting in the gym because I felt like I was getting bigger. Mm -hmm. So I would, that's where the inconsistency came in in high school. I would start lifting and then I would be like, ooh, I look a little bit bigger, so I'm going to stop. And then I would just be on this like wavy roller coaster of starting, stopping again and not getting any better. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from you, one, sometimes when you lift, you hold a little bit of water weight in your muscles after you're done. So you get what's called a pump after you're done lifting. So your muscles mm -hmm. look a little bigger. So sometimes that scares flyers and they think, oh, I, I look bigger so I must be gaining weight and mm -hmm. it's not that you're gaining weight it's just that you have a pump after lifting because your muscles are um they've just been worked out pretty mm -hmm. much and yeah. and you can fluctuate a little bit like just because you weigh a little bit more the day after your lift the day after you lift it doesn't mean that lifting is what did that it's all mm -hmm. about just trusting the process knowing that your nutrition really is a bigger role than the weightlifting itself and as long as you kind of understand your calorie intake and how many, how like your nutrients and all of that, mm -hmm. then uh, you can feel a lot better going into the weight room knowing that it's going to help you and not hurt you. Mm -hmm. What was the one thing that really like shifted that mindset in college though? Like I know, like yeah. you said, it was like the injuries, you know, you started feeling less pain, you know, you were actually improving everything like all around, you know, even like the, you know, mentally when you work out, it's, it makes you a lot clearer and, and, and it just gives you a better, um, you know, better start to the day or, you know, at the end of the day, depending on when you work out. Um, mm -hmm. But my question is, where was the shift that you're like, you know what, I'm going to lift even more and more because I know it's going to improve, but I know I'm not going to gain like, I'm not going to, because there's a stereotype saying, you know, we lift weights, we're going to be heavy. And then, you know what, people are not going to want to either throw me or, you know, maybe I'm not going to be point or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it shifted when I, well, I actually started losing weight my freshman year of college and I was lifting more than I ever had in the past. So that mm -hmm. made me trust the process and that like, okay, I'm a lot stronger now. I lift a lot heavier now and I'm losing weight at the same time. So obviously this strength training thing is not making me bigger and bulkier. Mm -hmm. And at the same time I'm getting like, I didn't have a lot of weight to lose, but I did lose a little bit of weight my freshman year and I got um, better at the partner stunting. So mm -hmm. it was just seeing that, seeing those results and then trusting the process and trusting the people that I had helping me. We had, um, our strength coach is amazing. Coach Q, he worked with the basketball team. The men's basketball team is the same strength coach, um, for them. And 
He has like an incredible amount of knowledge. So I totally trusted anything that he gave us. We also had other resources like um, dietitians that came and talked to us about how to properly fuel before and after practice and after lifting. And so having those resources and trusting them gave me the confidence to continue with uh, the lifting and the strike mm. training and um, just continue to be consistent with it. Mm. Was, there a, was there a moment that uh, the coach, um, did the shirt coaches do a lot of involvement in the type of like workouts that you guys should be doing? Or was it mostly uh, the strength and conditioning coach was like, hey, you know what? Based on what you guys do, this is what we sh should like try to do. Yeah, mostly the strength and conditioning coach, I believe. Um, I, I know they had some contact, like the cheer coach or the strength and conditioning mm -hmm. coach. I'm sure they had some discussions of, you know, this is what I want my athletes to get better on. I want my flyers to be able to jump higher. I want them to have better body control and core strength. And so I know they communicated about what was needed mm -hmm. um, in their um, athletes. But then our strength coach used that information to come up with the programming. So mm -hmm. it was um, a little bit of a combination, but the strength coach was the one programming all the lifts and doing, um, yeah, all the all the programming in the weight room. Mm -hmm. And I see that uh, for schools that don't have access to a strength coach, a lot of times they do use, their coach writes them something or another athlete on the team writes something for the other athletes to do. Mm -hmm. And that's better than nothing. I will always say like something is better than nothing. Correct. Use what you have. You know, it's, you're not, you're not gonna, it's, it's better to, I'm just getting going to change it, but basically it's better <laughs> to do, it's better to do something than to do nothing Correct. at the end of the day, but they fall into these traps of, um, I've seen programming from other athletes where they have the flyers only doing cardio, not lifting at all. Um, and the base is only lifting heavy all the time, never doing any cardio. And so having somebody program the lifts that's not a strength conditioning specialist isn't going to be nearly as beneficial as having a strength conditioning coach program mm -hmm. your lifts um so it's but definitely it's a, important to have somebody yeah. that knows what they're doing it's that's that's the thing that i actually you know want to follow up on is for everyone listening if you're a coach you're an athlete or you know parent which you know shout out to the parents what's good <laughs> uh the thing is a lot of you know, there's a lot of stuff that people get knowledge in, right? They get educated. And when you are someone that has a lot of knowledge, you know, you have to be able to sometimes admit it. Because I, for example, I like to lift. But the thing is, I would think, no, I got to do it my way, like this way. Because I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think it's a big deal. I, you know, I'm lift, I'm doing some weights, but I would, I didn't know what progressive over like overload i didn't know what the rest time and the sleeping and i just thought you know what six hours is fine you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> just stay up all day and maybe do random workouts here and there but then you know i i just didn't see any results so mm -hmm. then but i'm like i don't know if i want to pay but you know what if you don't pay you don't give that you know extra mm -hmm. mile you're not gonna know what your full potential is right so you know what i ended up doing i ended up getting a personal trainer and I thought you know what I'll give this a shot why not I started seeing results I'm like man like this is this is really happening you know <laughs> like if I, I wish I would have done that a long time ago um so why why do you think it's important for people to really invest into that um and then to that part for their cheer team or you know anything like yeah 
Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It is an investment. Um, and it's, you're investing in information and knowledge and, you know, just because you've gone to the gym for multiple years, doesn't mean you have the same knowledge as somebody who's gone to school for multiple years, learning about the ins and outs of strength training, what's going to make somebody better, what's going to help them reach their full potential. So that's what you're really doing is investing in the knowledge and the experience of your trainer. And that trainer is going to help you get to higher levels faster than you you would be able to do on your own. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to improve faster and reach your full potential, then you really need to invest in somebody that knows what they're talking about, knows what they're doing. You can do it on your own, but you're not going to get, you're not going to reach your full potential and you're not going to get better at the same rate as if, as you would if you invested in somebody else training you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was also going to say, I also know personal trainers that have personal trainers just because mm-hmm. they need to invest in somebody to hold them accountable, to keep Correct. them consistent, to keep them structured. So just because like I am a trainer, but I like to go to group classes where somebody else tells me what to do. And I like to have somebody else well, um, doing some of my programming and holding me accountable because I program all day for other people. And at some point, I just want to turn my brain off and have somebody else tell me what to do. And there's value in that as well. Yeah. So even though I know what I should be doing, having somebody else program it for me and tell me what to do and letting me shut my brain off is so valuable to me that like, even even trainers have trainers sometimes mm-hmm. I and they can love, help them get better. I love that you said that because that is what a lot of people don't 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 see that. They think that, you know, just because you know something, you shouldn't get any any more help. Because in reality, you know, like you said, you're all day working, you're all day doing this. We're all human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you learn more by someone else teaching you. And you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe um let's just call the trainer. Uh, Carrie, wow, Carrie did this thing that I like. And you know what? I might implement that on mine because, you know, I was really, you know, motivated by that. And so sometimes it helps in learning new new stuff. Um, the thing is, you know, obviously for everyone listening, you know, we have Maria here on the podcast because there's just so much knowledge and insight that I believe that the cheer industry is it's far behind and i think we can both agree on this is is we're very we're very behind in what the, the sport can really reach its limit like really reach mm-hmm. its potential and by getting just more knowledgeable and and maria you you bring like i said and i'm gonna keep saying it you have a lot of good good words and and your brand is just a great rep- representation from the ohio state right the all right guys come on now <laughs> <laughs> and team usa i mean you have a lot of you know and then your videos and everything that you just put out it's a very it's a strong strong personal brand so everything everything that you say everything guys what she's saying take it run with it and if you don't you're gonna be in the same same circle okay so um maria let's let's dive into uh another topic right here okay is why should athletes or coaches you know do more strength and conditioning though like overall like just as from a different point of view other than like you know you'll get better but why is it very important mentally yeah so the thing is that your strength and conditioning needs to be consistent and structured 
I feel like I see a lot of teams kind of doing workouts here and there, but not really having a systemized mm -hmm. um, structure to where working out two, three days a week doing these things, ABC. Mm -hmm. It's more of a free for all kind of today. We might do some conditioning. We might do some conditioning tomorrow because you guys are being punished for something. So the, the whole, um, the main benefit to a strength conditioning program comes from having structure mm -hmm. and consistency with it and knowing that I'm doing these lifts to not for punishment, not just for random reasons, but mm -hmm. I'm doing these specific lifts because it's going to help me get better in my sport. It's going to help me reach my full potential, going to help me get stronger, faster, jump higher, going to help me sleep better. It's going to help with my mentality, going to teach me about how to push my body in different ways than I've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And it's going to teach you about your limits. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about getting stronger. It's also about the mental side of things and learning how to push yourself and self and um, learning how to reach your potential. Mm -hmm. Now, if an athlete right now is listening and they're like, wait, I don't have a strength conditioning. I've never done this. What should be the first thing they should do to really take that like uh, next step other than reaching out to you, which is what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah. what would be something they could, you know, start off? Yeah, I would say download my free ebook. I have a free ebook on my link tree on Instagram. That's um, I think it's called good to great. It's about, it's all about strength and conditioning mm -hmm. for cheerleaders specifically. If you have no idea where to start, start by downloading that book. It gives some good information and some ideas of what you should be doing during your um, lifting. I would also say just stick to the basics. We have a squat, hinge, push, pull, core, and carry. So those six movements, you want, you're going to want to incorporate those six movements into um, your workout session two, three days a week. And then you know that you're hitting all the body parts at least and mm -hmm. you're um, getting a full body workout a couple of days a week. That'd be a good starting point. Does this, um, PD, it's a PDF, right, you said? Yes, yes, PDF. it's a downloadable PDF. No. Okay, do you, so for, for for example, because I'm asking you this because I know people are gonna have the exact same question is, so now that I've downloaded, is there any, and I've never done any of these workouts, let's just say it's my really first time, mm -hmm. is there a way for me to like see videos or, or see ways how to properly do it if I don't have like access to someone that, you know, would show me how? I have some pictures in the book that demonstrate different movements. Okay. So you can look up that. Um, I don't have any videos in the downloadable PDF. What I do have videos connected to is the app that I sell. So I, I sell strength and conditioning programming to cheer teams mostly, but I also sell to individuals. Um, and in that app next to each exercise has a video link directly with how to do it. Mm -hmm. So that is the easiest way to get started if you really don't know what to do. And you tried the free book, but you still need some more information and more structured consistency, then you would go and download my app mm -hmm. and you would get exactly what workouts to do. Um, you would have no question of how to do them because there's a video linked mm -hmm. right next to it. It's a little bit simpler. Yeah. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna put everything down in the description below as well. Um and the, so based on these apps, based on the PDF, what are some like cool stories that just you people have shared with you and they're like wow like Maria this is <laughs> actually like working I didn't think this was gonna work but it really is you know yeah 
I have a few stories. I'll say one, I have an individual high school client who she was kind of similar to me. She had a lot mm. of back pain um, and she was trying to improve her tumbling and stunting to the point where she could make the Ohio State cheer team. And so she came to me at a time where she had a lot of back pain and I wasn't even a physical therapist yet. I was just doing personal training, strength training with her. Mm -hmm. um, so this is strictly strength training, no physical therapy. Um, she had never been in a gym before and she started working out with me twice a week, lifting. Um, she did really well. I think a couple months in, she noticed that her tumbling got a lot better, her stunting got a lot better and her back pain was going away. So that was a huge aha moment for her. Um, it got to the point where she was able to make the Ohio State cheer team. So she recently signed with them. She'll oh, be going to Ohio nice. State next year. Yeah. And she also posted a transformation video for me of her tumbling before and after she started working with me. So um, she did feeling, great. Though. Describe that feeling Thank when you really got that video because it, it must be. Oh, my gosh. It was. Yeah, it was amazing. I just was like, finally could see her progress that like she was telling me about her progress for a while but it was so cool to be able to see it and then also hear that like her back pain was going away and um, the things that were holding her back before were no longer holding her back so i was super grateful that she sent me that video it's you know when you start realizing that you're making an impact you, you know that like it's really yeah. you know a lot of people you know there's this podcast that we have right and you know we i always get these stories that wow like this i learned so much from this and you know i can't believe it you know, I was I was in a, in a position that I just didn't feel like um, like I was alone. But when I when I heard this, it really opened my like ears or my brain to like to not feel that way. So I I applaud you know res big respect because the passion that you have for this, you know, it it shows. And so you know the story like back like I had a back issue. I had back. I still have back issues, but you know from working out. But I do my yeah. best. To try to like limit it, or, you know, stretching. Um, I, I've been going to the chiropractor actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been going to the chiropractor. There's there's this one doctor that I trust. He does very well. Mm -hmm. And then when he's not there, there's always other people, and I'm like always, you know, hesitant because they all have different ways of of, of like you know, right adjusting. And and I always say the first impression is the last impression. If if you can get it right. I'm going to be, I mean, yes, I'm going to come back. But if you don't get it right, it's going to be hard to get that person to earn, you know, their trust again. So this goes up to my next question is, what do you, why, wait, wait, <laughs> I <gotta laughs> <do that>. wait. <laughs> um, <clears throat> why should people get to know you more or why should people invest in this part? And like the strength and conditioning? Yeah. Like you, yeah, you as a person, you as a coach, because like I said, yeah, impressions are the last impression. So, what's something that you really, you know, want to put out there mm -hmm. as a client, as a potential client? Yeah. Hmm. So I would say it's it's just time for cheerleaders to start taking for cheerleaders and cheer teams to start taking their strength and conditioning more seriously. I, I am really frustrated and tired of seeing. Um, cheer teams doing like frivolous cardio circuits mm -hmm. and yes while that's better than nothing I will agree that's better than nothing a lot of um, teams are still afraid to strength train and get into the weight room and the cardio circuits are just not going to cut it it's it's not going to prevent injury it's not going to get your athletes to the full potential that they want to get to 
So I really want teams and cheerleaders to start taking this more seriously and realizing that they need an expert to help them get into the structure and consistency, the structure and consistent workout programming that is going to help get them to the next level. So it's all about helping elevate people, get them to the next level, getting teams to go from just being good to being great and really changing how they're doing strength and conditioning so that they're doing it in a way that is going to exponentially improve their skills, help them reach their full potential and not just maintain their cardio. Mm -hmm. That's really the lowest level that we're looking to do is just maintaining. The higher level is incorporating this type of expert strength conditioning and elevating your skills. Mm -hmm. What's your why, Mario? Now, now we're going a little deep right here. Now we're going deep, but wait, hold up. Let me charge my phone real quick because it's going to die. Oh, okay. One second, one second. Let's see, one second. And I think we're, yeah, we're good now. Can you hear me? Yeah. Perfect. Um, Okay. Have you thought about it? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Good. That's helpful. That, that was enough time. It was like, it was, so... it was part of the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I needed a second to think anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, my why is basically that I want cheerleaders and the sport of cheerleading to be taken more seriously. I want cheerleaders to be seen as athletes. I want cheerleaders to think about themselves as athletes. Um, at the high school level, at the middle school level, all-star, college level, I want all of it to be taken more seriously because there's too many um, teams out there that don't have the necessary resources and support from either their community or their school to really take it to the next level. And I want to help why do you I think, think they don't have enough of those resources or because well, really in, in reality, every sport has, I mean, you know, it, I guess, let me rephrase it. It's just depending on the community, depending on, on the funding, but for the most part, the, everyone has a weight room, even if it's some dumbbells or, yeah, you know, yeah. access. I think that, you know, sometimes it's the funding. A lot of times in college, cheerleading isn't given the most funding compared to mm -hmm. other sports. No, but like the room is there though. Like the room is there. It's just why... Why can't we have these athletes there as well? Yes. So a lot of times other teams are given priority over them because they've just been doing it longer. Mm -hmm. So it's an extra fight to get your team in the weight room. But it is so worth it, especially if you are a high school team that's new to stunting. I know that there are a lot of athletic directors that are um, not very trusting of cheer teams, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. And they're afraid that the girls are going to get hurt. They're going to drop their girls. If the athletic trainer or if the athletic director sees you pushing for weight room access for the reason of, I want my girls to get stronger so that they don't drop each other, then they're going to start taking you guys more seriously and they're going to start giving you more priority access into the weight room because they're going to see how important it is for those athletes. I think that a lot of cheer teams, it's not always just the resource and funding. A lot of it's mindset and getting to change that mindset of a sport. Um uh, I, I've had a, I've gone to a few high schools to do some free workout mm -hmm. classes in the weight room just to get them a little bit more um, comfortable in there. And sometimes I hear cheerleaders complaining of, oh, we're just cheerleaders. Like, why do we need to be in the weight room? Mm -hmm. Or we're just sideline cheerleaders. We don't stunt or tumble. Why We don't need to be yeah. in the weight room. And it's it's just wrong because even if you don't stunt or tumble, you're still jumping. You're still out there doing motions. You, if you want to be sharper, you need to be stronger. If you want to jump higher, yeah. you need to be stronger. If you want to be injured less, you need to be stronger. So it's mm -hmm. not just for the cheerleaders that are stunting and tumbling. It's for all athletes and just yeah. getting them to realize that they have a they belong in the weight room and they they have a spot in there. And getting that mindset shift is going to be uh -huh. 
a huge factor for a lot of teams in getting better, getting stronger, and being taken more seriously. Okay. Now, let's let's play this scenario. Okay. I like playing scenarios, if you can tell. <laughs> so, and I'm gonna put you on the spot so we can we can think about this. Okay. I'm a coach right now listening, and there is this weight room. We have there's a, all everyone's there except for us. Mm-hmm. What is the first thing that I should do? To get into the weight room? Yeah. Like not knock down, like knock the door. Tell the director, <laughs> give me access right now, or should we just, what kind of strategy can we do here? Yeah, that's a tough situation to answer because I feel like it's probably different depending on the school you go to. I mean, how depending on how your relationship is with the person who runs the weight room, I would say the first step is going to the athletic director or whoever runs the weight room and just explaining the importance of in- including strength and conditioning mm-hmm. for cheerleaders. And explaining the importance of how it's going to reduce injuries is going to be. A, mm-hmm. They might not care that the cheer team is going to get better because they're in there, but they care that they're going to be injured less because it's going to cost school less money if they're less injured athletes. Mm-hmm. So just emphasizing the importance of it to them, and yeah. then really advocating for your cheerleaders so that you can get space in there. Okay. All right. Here, here's what we're going to do. This is uh, and, uh, okay. Ready? Here we go. So, everyone listening, if you right now want to get access and you want to tell that mean athletic director that it's not giving you access you're gonna send them this video okay and this is gonna be a snippet okay for part of the podcast i want you to send this video to your athletic director or to whoever whoever is in charge um and they're gonna be convinced why because maria is gonna tell them why they need access ready you got 30 mm-hmm. seconds two seconds oh, whatever no. you need to say <laughs> Cheerleaders need access to the weight room because we are one of the only sports that lift people up and hold them above our head. Oh wait, this is so. This is for a stunting school specifically. Should I do another one? What do you where... mean? Something... No, it could be. So I, I guess okay, okay. I was just going for the stunting aspect, but I guess if they're a non-stunting school, they can't to- show their athletic director. Oh that no, but like like, tum- like tumbling and stunting though overall. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let me start over. Can yeah, I redo yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can redo that. <laughs> I messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Okay. So cheerleaders need to be in the weight room because it's going to prevent further or future injuries. Mm -hmm. Cheerleading is one of the only sports where they lift people up and hold them above their head. And it's a lot safer to learn how to do that with a dumbbell than it is to learn how to do it with a human. So if you're at a a school that's stunting, it's especially important. And I would argue it's important that if – more important that your team gets into the weight room than any other team in the school because you guys are physically lifting humans in the air. Mm-hmm. If you're a t- if you don't stunt and you just tumble and jump, it's still super important to get stronger to reduce injury risk and to have less injured cheerleaders on the team. That's what the athletic directors are going to care about is being safe, having less injuries, and keeping everybody healthy. Mm-hmm. Bravo, bravo! Just- hey, uh, wait, hold on. I think we're getting a phone call right now from. I think they're going to give access to everyone now. <laughs> you know, uh, no, Maria, this is this is great. And, and here I'm going to I'm going to share my thoughts as well. Here we go. Ready? OK, so the thing is, athletes, why do we exist? Right. Spill the cheer. Why, why do we exist in the first place is to show that cheerleading is a sport is to show that athletes, any athletes, you can talk about cheerleading, basketball, football, 
volleyball, you know, at the end of the day, if we're moving and we're constantly putting our muscles to work, it's a sport, no, no matter what it is. I mean, and the thing is, if an athletic director is going to gonna one day maybe hear this, you know, you never know, um, you, they need to realize that Oh, wait, <laughs> they need to realize. Okay, hold up. This is this is gonna be. I'm cooking something right now. I'm cooking in my oh, brain yeah. right now. Um, they need to realize that mental health is the number one thing in athletes to bring them to the best potential that they can be. Right, and in order to grow and and have a positive, you know, mental health uh, side in high school, in college, it doesn't matter. We need to do a lift. We need to lift. Because it really, I mean, you're the doctor here, right? I mean, you can you can <laughs> prove, you can say 100 percent that it changes your mood. You wake mm-hmm. up every single, you know, if you if the teams were to go in the morning to lift, right, they would have a better, you know, fresh start the day. The school's gonna feel like amazing. You're gonna go to the 8, 8 a.m. classes. It's not gonna feel like oh. I got to wake up at 8 a.m. Like, you know, oh, my God. No, like, you know, it shows. The, the schools are going to realize that's going to benefit everyone at the end of the day. And you know what's going to at the end of the day is going to mean? Better grades for the school. It's going to show that they care about the athletes and people are going to want to go to that school. So let's do everything possible. Coaches, athletes, you're listening. Let's go. Make it happen. And, and if and you know what? And you don't know where to start? Go to Maria. Go DM her right now. Like stop, stop. Listen, no, no. Listen to this as we as we as we do it. <laughs> listen to it. DM her right now. I'm gonna help you guys out. Okay, ready? This is what you're gonna say. Uh, hi Maria. I'm listening to your podcast as we're as we're going, and I'm very interested in learning more. Please help me. Boom. Just like that. Perfect. Right. There we go. That's it, Maria. <laughs> um. Couple, a couple of things because honestly I want to have you back on the podcast that there's so much more that we actually like that's just there's a lot of, of topics um but I'm we're gonna leave we're gonna end it with um with one of my favorite things that we like to do on the podcast is give me your best motivational speech to Ooh. someone that is struggling with their you know with their confidence in either maybe I shouldn't go to the weight room. Maybe I, maybe I'm just like, I don't want to get too big or, or I don't want to put up so much muscle because maybe no one's going to want something because it happens. You know, we've heard of these stories over and over and over. And, and it's good to bring this up because we let people realize that they're not alone, right? They're not going through this journey in high school and middle school and, um, you know, in college alone, it's, it's it's always good to hear this from someone else. So, yeah, sell it. Here we go. <laughs> I I would say habits. Go, weightlifting is a habit. Going to the gym is a habit. Habits are really hard to build, but you could do it with a very simple process. Commit to spending five minutes a day on this new goal. Everybody can find five minutes in their day. Maybe on Monday you just do a five minute body weight workout at home. Maybe on Tuesday, you work up the courage to go to drive to the gym and do a five-minute workout in the goal or in the in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, commit to spending five minutes a day on it. And after 30 days, a month in, you're going to start to feel that it's more of a habit. You're going to start to see yourself getting a little bit better. 
and it's going to become more natural to you. So just five minutes a day to start habit building and then just focus on yourself. Focus on getting 1% better every day. You don't have to do a crazy intense workout every time you go to the gym. It's all about consistency, habit building, getting 1% better and eventually having the confidence to go in the gym and not be afraid to do a ridiculous looking workout. Now I walk in the gym and I do some of the funniest things. Like if people, I'm sure that people have recorded me doing some weird cheer exercises in the gym. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> but I used to be one of those people that was afraid to go to the gym. So it's possible. It's possible to get to that point. Um, realize that everybody else is focusing on themselves. So you might as well too get 1% better every day. Spend five minutes a day trying to build a new habit and you'll eventually get to the places that you want to be. Bravo. <laughs> guys, guys, big applause. Come on, here we go. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, oh, <no> text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can add them. Yeah, we can for sure add them. <laughs> uh, guys, go check her out. Um, any questions? Like I said, we're going to have we're gonna have a part two. You're down for that? I'm down. I'm down yeah? for sure. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot that needs to be said. <laughs> All right, guys, take it easy and work out. And honestly, if you want to go and, 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 you know, just break the door of the athletic director, you can do that as well or not. I mean, just don't get kicked <laughs> out from the school. Uh, anyways, uh, peace.